wish a scam? No wish. <laughs> I do know of wish. I've never ordered anything off it. I would assume it's a scam. It can't be real. I feel like everything I've seen is a scam. How are they on? How are they the official sponsor of the Los Angeles Lakers for several years? I just they it are. It, they they were. Yeah. Well, apparently, if you scam enough, yeah. you can. Scam your way you to the scam top. Scam your you know? way to the top. That's hilarious. Um, well, that was an unrelated, unexpected. I don't think that that. I don't think we're going to include that in the intro. <laughs> okay. Welcome to all of this noise. Uh, okay. Chad Kenny here. Hi, it's Valerie. Hello, it's me. Hello. Hey. Hey. Um. Okay. Wait. I want to ask you about. I don't know when this is coming out, but currently, as we sit here recording this. You. Why are you laughing? Well, because I just thought about how like you have like this nice, you know even color to you because you were in oh, Europe. Oh yeah, because I'm if you're watching, I'm much tanner than I used to be because I did just come back from Europe and Chad's really pale. And then Jose's like, man, you're still white. Yeah, you're still pale. Even though even I was though in you were hard, hard summer, summer for two days, but that's because- You had lots of sunblock on. We we do, we care about that stuff now. <laughs> yeah, because we're- we, stare, we care about that. We're at the age where we care about skincare. No, but okay, tell me about hard summer though, besides your sunblock. Well, we all know that Europe is the better story, so we're saving that okay, for last. I'll start. Uh, well, no. Do you want... <laughs> do no, you no I'll, I'll give you my hard summer okay, recap real quick. Uh, it was back at Exposition Park in I the know. Coliseum grounds. Everyone was excited about the EDCLA throwback. It was, yeah. And as someone who was there at EDC 2010, it was cool to see that come back. Did you I get think... flashbacks? A little bit, yeah. And cool. good flashbacks. Good. good like good. nice, hearty. Rave wholesome <laughs> rave vibes um cool to see like that generation new generation getting to have it for their themselves in la yeah put uh, those steps in kids <laughs> exactly yeah it uh, looked huge it was you know it it was really impressive one thing mm -hmm. i will say is that it was really cool how they utilized both of the um, sports arenas right there so yeah. um the coliseum and the formerly bank of california stadium where the purple stage was. Mm. So I we checked out Bicep yesterday. Nice. And the VIP area is actually the ground level lounge for like LAFC. Cool. So it was like really nice. And you're yeah. standing on the field. That is nice. It's just a cool experience. I think they did a really good job. Yeah. Um, obviously the lineup was really solid. And uh, one of the people on the lineup yesterday, Wookie. Yeah. Is our guest today. I know. And I'm we'll, so excited. We'll talk to, about him in a sec. But how was Europe? Europe was great. I started my Euro adventure at Tomorrowland, which oh, was nice. super fun because I had never been. I feel like for most ravers, it's a bucket list festival, you know? Mm -hmm. Everyone's got to see it at least once. And I will say it lives up to the hype. It's crazy yeah. how they produce that festival. It seems like yeah, a friend of mine, uh, Tucker Jericho, he said that mm -hmm. after going to Tomorrowland, it just puts everything else to shame over here. Yeah, I best describe it as combination of Disneyland meets Outside Lands meets EDC. Nice. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Like they build, I'm sure people have seen the photos of the main stage by now. It's yeah. like this crazy castle. Yeah. And I will say I always pick partying or festivaling or raving in nature over a parking lot. So I feel like that's always how Europe has this beat in America. Because like you can only have that much space in the U.S., when it's either a parking lot or a race racetrack. Absolutely. BC, so. Well, we're glad great. to have you back. Thanks. We'll talk a little bit more about your other ex adventures maybe on another Val Chad episode. Yeah, I have thoughts. I went I went to Ibiza too. We have thoughts, Chad. So we'll save that for another episode. Let I us know if you want to hear that episode. I don't, I stopped thinking. <laughs> okay. And my it's life summer. Is, Chad my has life stopped is so thinking. much better as a result of just not thinking. I love it. Okay, I had to think a little bit though because we just talk to our homie Wookie who just yep. came in. It was a fun chat. He's a yes. fun guy, I will say. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's, um, fun career, fun music. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Wookie's been around for a minute, been someone that Brownie's Lemonade, we've worked with a lot. Brownie's um, pal. Brownie's pal. Mm -hmm. I did reference a photo of him famously surfing on one of our inflatable lemons at Time Nightclub in Costa Mesa. Iconic. Iconic. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Wookie has been around in different iterations of uh, music projects throughout, you know, electronic music's revival. But also, his first project was a band. Yeah, which he talks about. Yeah. Gives us a little insight on his early music career. And he's big on social media, too. He's really captured the essence of being a producer on TikTok and like where it can take you, which. Yes. We also talked to him a little bit about. Many so. of you know him from his Wookie Leaks and the Beats I Can't Release series on uh, IG and his TikTok, reel, TikTok stuff and stuff on Reels. But 
just really interesting to just hear some like inside, you know, knowledge from someone like him. And we really enjoyed this chat. Yeah, let's get into it. All the stories. All the stories. a little bit about the hat this is the you in my wookie name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i know jack you might have done it first but they don't exist now so, <laughs> so you own I it get, now. i own it now yeah, yeah. and um yeah and then the mushroom hat is uh the toadstool hat it's a mushroom hat i'm obsessed with the mushroom hat <laughs> yeah i love toad and it reminds me of toad <laughs> me too i lo- i yeah i'm kind of like obsessed with uh nintendo stuff are you yeah i've been like I'm like an '80s kid, kind of. I'm a little older, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tail end in the '80s. I'm yeah. Not that old. <laughs> like chill. But you yeah. experienced the '90s and <laughs> it's, it's my, like full force. Well, and I'm the youngest of two kids, so yeah. uh, of three kids, so uh, they had like <laughs> Just forgot a sibling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one more. Yeah. So they had like the first Nintendo, Atari. Yeah. So I got to like experience all that stuff. Were they yeah. older yeah. brothers or sisters or mix? Uh, older one sister. She's the oldest. My brother. He's okay. The middle. Cool. Me. He is, you know, pretty well known for doing these edits, and a lot yes. of times he'll incorporate some very good, you know, next level Super Mario references. I in, did notice that a lot of the video game influence, so that makes sense. That yeah. there's the, the Nintendo music is some of the best music. Yeah, I agree. Written. It's so dope. I fully agree. <laughs> Koji Kondo. Yeah, Koji Kondo. He uh, he puts like a little theme of his like hidden in uh, all the video games. It's like a little Easter egg from uh, back then. But yeah. Huh. It's uh, there's just so much there with just like that kind of music. Although I do feel like I'm one of the only people who just likes listening to like the original 16 bit. Oh, what are you sure. what are you playing this in the car? <laughs> <laughs> just like listening alone to driving Super to Nintendo it. Music. Wow, I love that image. Yeah, of I do, I've, done it, I've done it before <laughs> with a car full of people. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I I would enjoy that. I personally would really enjoy did, that. Did you see the Super Mario movie? I did. Yeah, I was excited to see that movie. Is, I, I thought they actually did it pretty well. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, like, I think I they did it, it justice. Yeah, and I think yeah. I like this conversation because I recently, from TikTok, the place where I learn all the things now, <laughs> um, I learned not only is the music amazing, but there's like some really interesting stuff about what the characters say that I didn't realize mm-hmm. was related back to like Japanese and language. So one of the examples was Mario, how he says, it's me, a Mario. Apparently in Japanese, and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't speak Japanese, but it's a me means like, Something in ja- like it's like in Japanese he's saying like I am Mario or some or Super Mario that's what he's saying okay. he's like Super Mario yeah I can't va- I see I can't but then in English it sounds like it's a me Mario so that's mm. how it turned into it's me Mario okay so that's okay. my fun yeah. fact of the day I love that and if you <laughs> <laughs> go back on TikTok yeah. there are twenty hours of uh, just Easter eggs from that movie alone uh, I love it but uh, yeah Wookie thank you for joining us of course Ben yeah thank you for having me fresh off of hard summer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when this is gonna air, but just so you know, yeah. it was yesterday you were performing at the Harder Stage. Yeah, man, it was uh, really fun. Incredible crowd. They were. I can't believe they were going that hard in the heat, but uh, no. it was fun, man. It wasn't, you know, comparatively. You've been to a few other hards. It was, it was pretty good. True, weather-wise. True, weather-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not as hot as previous hards. Well, well. Hard 2018, he came up for the Brownies Eliminate All Stars set. Yeah, yeah, and that That yeah, that was like the first. I think it was the first time I played hard. Actually, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It was you and Mern. Yeah, and that was uh, awesome. It was so fun. You know, it was funny. Um, It was like my lifelong dream to play hard summer, like on one of the stages. We played at 2 p.m. on the harder stage. There were 10,000 people. Yeah, it was packed. Wow, (laughs) that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and they were just yeah. It was it was just the best the best time. I'll always remember that. And um, it's just. Fond memory. I wish I could go back and listen to that because I don't even remember like what we would have played. Oh, I got it recorded. I will send I'm it sure to you. I probably played like, oh, really? Yeah, I got a recording of it. Like, like the whole thing? The whole thing. No way. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, you ask awesome. and you shall we'll receive. Jam yeah. off <laughs> oh, that's sick. I can't uh, wait to listen to but, that. But uh, yeah, so going up there solo, playing a full Wookiee set, what was that like? Dude, uh, it was great. I feel like it was really perfect for my time right now and like what I got going on. Uh, people are digging the houseier vibes, yeah. And um, yeah, man, um, yeah, just so blessed to do this. I'm like, you know, it's the best job in the world. I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> it's and, an okay uh, job. And <laughs> well, and yesterday was really special because everyone was there, man. It was so fun. Yeah, we were hanging out GTA, 
Gesture. Those are like my boys. I've been boys with them forever. Mm-hmm. So many people are at my set too. Disco Lines was back there. Uh, chill. Um, yeah, everybody. It was so fun. It was just so cool to have everybody in one spot too. It was like really. I feel like that was the most homies I've had in one spot in a long time at festivals. So yeah, it was sick. That's nice. Yeah. That's a good it, feeling. It, that is part of the reason why, I like going back to LA, hard summer coming back to LA, it kind of just like made it a little bit more convenient for everyone. Mm. Um, but that did feel like a celebratory thing. Like for sure, when we yeah. were at the Skrillex set, you know, yeah, kind of felt like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know if you felt yeah. the same way. Hell yeah. Yeah, I love that. Well, I want to talk a little bit about you were mentioning, you know, the house year sound that you've been putting music out with. Um, Tell me a little bit about what that what that's been like and like incorporating that into the the sets and all that. Yeah, I mean, so if you've been following my career, you know, I've always made house too. Yeah, I, I actually started out making like booty breaks. You kind of make everything. Yeah, right? <laughs> I've always kind of like made everything. I remember the first and, Wookiee stuff I heard. Yeah, and I made breaks. a lot of trap. Yep, I used to do a lot of stuff with BNL. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I mean, so I've always made house and I've always loved house. It's what got me into dance music to begin with, like Blog House and Daft Punk and yep. shit. Like I saw a live uh in Coney Island. Whoa. When I was like Whoa. I was like eighteen. I just turned eighteen. Nice. And that I think that's when I like decided I like really want to do electronic music. Yeah. Wow. And um see not the only one. I tell you that yeah, was yeah, it yeah. really like was <laughs> that that so that was like a first inflection point. And then for this next generation, it was like Skrillex. But like coming off that, it was a lot of house back then. Like, oh, for sure, yeah. Electro and like Chemical Brothers is like breakbeat house type shit. Prodigy, yeah. mm-hmm. that's the kind of shit I really fell in love with with dance music. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Blockhouse came around. I, I kind of got off topic. So like, it, I've always made house. Yeah. And I love house, and I love all the new sounds in house right now. I think it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Like. There's so many good new tracks in house music all the time. Like people kind of like doing cool new ideas all the time. I think it's the most like fresh, cool place where dance music is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like real dance music. Like there's huge stuff that like sells and stuff like that. But I don't know. There's still that's like the essence of it that I still fell in love with. So yeah. to me, it's like going back to that and just focusing more on it. I'm realizing how much it could do because everyone plays house music right now and it's mm. played all over the world and I just I yeah I've kind of like because of this new movement I've also fell back in love with it too so I'm like fuck it I'm just doing it I can so, do whatever I want I don't know yeah <laughs> maybe maybe I'll do a hip hop EP next year or something but well, you, right but now you, it's house you've yeah. done so much of that yeah. already I mean you've yeah. you've really kind of you know you've you've done plenty of songs that had rappers and, and huge artists featured yeah. on it yeah and I think this is kind of maybe where you are right now but you know, you're in a great place where you can kind of effortlessly kind of go between those genres and it doesn't feel weird for the Wookiee project. Yeah. You know, where other, other people, I think they're just going to always be maybe resigned to doing the same kind of music because it, it's, it's, it is hard um, to just, just, you know, be known to do house and then deviate, you know? True. But it, yeah, well, I was talking about this last night with someone. It, it can actually be, it can also be really helpful to, do one thing too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In career, like, there's no one path in the music industry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as being an artist, at least, probably anything. I mean, I will say something that I really appreciate about your career is that you very unashamedly just have fun with the music you're making. <laughs> I think either in like the social media and like TikTok videos you're making or the actual music that you're putting out. And I, I like that you're bringing this up because I think. You know, you spend a little too much time in the music industry. People get a bit jaded. People get a bit like, oh, it's not supposed to be that way or whatever. And mm. I appreciate that you're just someone that's like, no, I have the ability to make whatever kind of music. You also have, you know, origins of liking certain kinds of music, but you can do whatever makes you happy, you know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, that that's why you're supposed to be doing it in the first place. Yeah. You know, music is like. I've really like fallen in love with Rick Rubin in the past couple mm. of years, like the way he approaches music. I think it's actually helped my music so much. Mm-hmm. And he like really just, yeah, it's supposed to be fun in the first place. So whatever you find fun and whatever you like, that's the best thing that's going to come out no matter what. So, you know, don't try and really, you could like have fun with trends and stuff, but you really got to like do it in a way that makes you happy too with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
for me, that means remixing a bunch of stupid old music. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you, you, you know, but the, you do it with a nice panache. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I love doing. it. I've always loved remixing. I've done so many remixes. So like, to yeah. me, it's like I could do them really fast. Like if if I have the idea, I could just like get it out real fast, mm. and it's like really therapeutic almost just to like do it. Yeah. So like, I'll like, it could be like whatever time in the morning, like one in the morning, and if I have the idea and I hear the song. I just have to do it really quick. Mm. And I've gotten the habit of just doing that all the time. I mean, that's a good habit to just yeah. <laughs> get it done and do it. It's a great habit. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't, we know a lot of producers, they have uh, very peculiar uh, work habits. <laughs> yeah, being able, that, that's something that a lot of people ask me, like like younger producers, like how do I, like I, I just can't like finish stuff, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So like, I, I don't have an answer for it, but yeah, learn how to do it. It means finishing. I don't know. You got to just, finish it yeah well there, well it's true i mean and being able to finish like multiple things at the same time because you know some people get fixated on one thing and then they finish it and then they don't have the next thing yet you know for the pipeline mm. and i think that's also another thing for producers that's tough you know? well that's what's great about remixing is you can just pick something up and do it yeah you don't have to like sometimes if you have writer's block like if you're always remixing shit can't really have writer's block because you always got new shit. <laughs> That's mm. true. You know? you got, and then you can yeah. just take the sample out and be like, oh, I made something. Yeah, well, I actually want to ask you about that because we've been we've been talking a lot about mashups recently because mm -hmm. I think that just in the same way that house is like having, like dance music in general, we call it a bit of a renaissance, but it's kind of like a rebirth, like a starting from the origin point again. Mm -hmm. And you see mashups are kind of, a one for one mashup is like kind of being discovered by a new generation, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, but I want, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts because edits are were such a big part even five six years ago of what you were doing. Yeah. Totally, what yeah. Are your I, thoughts on? I, I think TikTok has actually been a huge reason for mashups to come back. Yeah, because I think maybe uh, Gen Z doesn't didn't really like know like know about it. Maybe or yeah, maybe that's me being a, a boomer. But, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no don't, I think you're right. I, I, yeah, they, I, they didn't wasn't. know how like dope it could be. Maybe or like yeah, or maybe just because of the format of TikTok. And like the 15 second short like uh, video format is like, it, for some reason it's done a lot for music because those little audio clips can do a lot too. Yeah. yeah. I've had like a few of those like get millions, a few people, a lot of, like a lot of people have at this point and like yeah. are still are and it could like do so much for a song. That's what yeah. every label wants. Like when you go to a label meeting, they're like, yeah, we just got to <laughs> get that like. Viral. We got to just got to make it go viral. Well, that's but, that's an interesting switch <laughs> yeah. though because you were doing the Wookie Leaks thing, yeah. and I mean they were I mean it really were bootlegs. But then yeah. now there's like a pathway to actually making those official. Right? Well, yeah, and I mm. think labels are coming around. They, I mean, labels are smart. There's smart people that work at all these places, and yeah, now like they'll put it out if you can. Yeah, like Benny ba Benny Benassi just did one with uh, I think the dude he's from LA. I forget his DJ name. Yeah, but he just DJ's like on the street. And he did like uh, satisfaction and art. I forget on it. I forget what the mashup was, but he got it signed by Betty Benassi. Oh, it was like cinema and wow, something classics. else. Yeah, classic yeah, combo. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, was something yeah. like that. I forget his name. I wish I could remember his name. And give him a shout out. But but, uh, but they actually like went and went ahead and made it official. Yeah, that's the point. And yeah. that actually happened to me too, kind of. And so yeah, I think they're coming around. It's just. It's kind of just crazy what the internet can do now. The power of the internet is like exponentially getting like, yeah. Like if you could harness it, you could blow up in like months. Well, it, mm -hmm. the, yeah. the the funny thing is, is that, you know, went from WikiLeaks and then you're doing your Beats I Can't Release uh, series. And then now it's like beats you can actually release. Yeah. <laughs> Some of those beats are getting released. Yeah. 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 The, I, I mean, if if we end up doing an EP, which I think we might, It'll probably be called that. Yeah. 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 It's a camera release. It's released. That's good. Well, I mean, I, I know I beats that finally got released. <laughs> um, kept going and they finally arrived. Well, it, it's amazing. It's amazing that you actually kind of manifested that, you know? Yeah. 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 But I, I would love to for you to walk us through that because as Valerie was alluding to, mm. you know, you did make a conscious switch to like short form being like a component of your career and like really highlighting that you can put these kind of remixes or these two different things together. So where yeah, did that come from? I mean, it, I mean, it kind of came from the pandemic. Um, I mean, pre-pandemic, you knew 
I was doing like a bunch of edits and stuff. Yeah. I had da 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 popped off. Yeah, we, we like to party. The, yeah, uh, yeah, and um, so I I always kind of like made these like mashup y edit. It, it really started from like playing live shows. Yeah, once I started DJing, I wanted to get like tools that would be like make the crowd go crazy, basically. Mm-hmm. So it started with that and just like making edits that it would do fun stuff like that, and um, yeah, and then pandemic hit and I had all of them like laying around. I was like, TikTok was kind of popping off. And like, I try, if you go back in my feed, you could see I wasn't, I didn't just start doing like beats I can't release. I was just trying like different shit on TikTok, like just putting my camera up. I mean, I don't even remember what I was doing, <laughs> but uh, were there costume changes? <laughs> not, no, I didn't even try that hard yet. It, me trying hard was doing the two shots, me coming into yeah. the room, the yeah, roommate. Directing. Yeah, you're like over here, over there. And, and then I just, the caption was literally like, uh, well, on TikTok, I call them when your roommate is making weird shit, but it's actually gas. <laughs> That's what I call it on TikTok. And then, on, and, then on, and then on Instagram, it's beats I can't release. And yeah. I don't know why that happened, but like I got too deep and then la- I just don't stop now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't have an answer for anybody. They've asked me like, why are they called this here and that? that you're like it's know. not that deep. It's just yeah. it's just, it just happened. I don't think anyone should read into any of these yeah. things. Like Nate, they just it that's just what it's called. I don't yeah. know, you know. Yeah, yeah. But so it did take off for you and it was Yeah, I mean the first few did like all right and then I had one that went like crazy. The uh cr- uh in time. It was I sampled Enya and Lil John on top. <laughs> I should have played it last night actually. It goes off. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Actually, side note, I think I'm going to start requesting hour and a half sets. Oh. I really think hour sets are too short. Yeah. I, I have too much music. Yeah, I know. Because how many songs you end up playing in one hour? Like, not even that I many, missed right? some. There were people that wanted me to play Birds, and I kind of didn't, and yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's impressive when you also, if you do, like, you know, previously you were doing a lot of sets with a lot of edits, you know, and... um it's a lot of songs in one hour. You know? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're you're letting things ride out a little bit more. Yeah, and also I just have more music to play. I like yeah. I, I feel like I could do a three hour set right now, like <laughs> a bunch of shit. Yeah, you should go to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to. I, I'm jealous of the guys that have like like what did Carnage to do like a twelve hour set or something. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they start yeah. going crazy. It's, with it's just the getting other people sets. off the bill. Like get oh out of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a huge that was a huge controversy. Some people got bumped because he kept going. He oh. was like, I try to give my audience the best the best experience possible by playing five to six hour sets or eight hour sets. I'm like, dude is like playing a normal person's shift at like, you know, El Pollo Loco <laughs> yeah. right now. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> full club. shift. Yeah, that's um, so true. But yeah, I mean, but that is actually a, a interesting criticism that I've seen from some people recently with American festivals mm. is they feel like these hour long sets are way too short yeah. for some of the main it seems stage. So acts. short, yeah. At least another fifteen minutes would go pretty far, honestly. Yeah. But then there's like that double edge where I feel like some of these younger people just like literally their attention span is like all over the place. Like well, that's an interesting thing. Oh, well, I, that's I their problem. Like, <laughs> I know. And I was actually gonna say, like, I f- I would be curious to know, you know, I'm not a booking person, so I don't have the data to back it up, but I actually think people would be interested in seeing the artist, like maybe a few less artists, mm-hmm. but a little longer set times. Mm. Like I feel like people are so committed to the people that they want to see at the show, right? It's like an hour and a half. That's no problem for them to commit to to staying there. Maybe even two hours. I don't know. It could be cool. Yeah. Well, I think one of the issues that we kind of face is like you pay money to go to a festival, but mm-hmm. there's always going to be conflicts. So are you getting mm-hmm. like the most out of what you've kind of paid for? You know? Yeah. That is that is a good point because they, yeah, there were a lot of conflicts at the first day at Hard. Uh huh. Like mm. yeah, like Nitty and Say My Name. Like, yeah. Gesture and 4B there at the same time. And of course, you got to spread the crowd out because yeah. it can't right. all be in one place. It, you know? But I mean, I guess what's to be said, there were so many people there. Right. Because mm-hmm. every stage I saw was packed. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I really liked um, this old festival, Treasure Island Music Festival. Do you remember? Yeah. Because yeah. it's Bay Area. TBT, yeah. Yeah. So it was on, it was in Treasure Island and, um, in San Francisco, but it was two stages and it just went back and forth. It was Ooh, like yeah. a main stage and a second stage and it just went back and forth. Oh. So when this one was done, this one started, this around. changeover, yeah, they just turned around. <laughs> it was an amazing model. Yeah. Um, and that, I felt like you kind of got both the intimate and the main stage experience, but you got to see everyone on the bill. Mm. I just think that now it's, like, really tough because you got to 
appeal to it you know how do you get 60 to 80 thousand people to come to something you know there's got to be something for everyone true yeah but you know i you were just at tomorrowland so i mean in the european kind of style is like yeah it it is different what is something that you noticed well i think it's a little bit different over there because i think the i think the crowds are a little more open to different kinds of music more so than american crowds are like i think i don't know if it's just because it's like a it's existed in Europe for so much longer or it feels like it's like, you know, older people like dance music there as well. Whereas here it feels like it's a young kid's thing, but it's like, I feel like people go and they're open to like so many different kinds of music and you even see it on the main stage at most like EDCs main stage, you know exactly what kind of music you're going to get. Right. It's like a very specific genre, but at Tomorrowland they'll have hard style on the main stage. They'll have techno on the main stage and then they'll have like the big room EDM, big players, but they have no problem like mixing it up. And it's not like the hard style or whatever is only early on in the day. Like they'll mix it up right in the middle and people will just stay and they're down for it, you know? So, like in the same stage or in the same Same set? stage, same main stage. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Have you noticed the difference between like playing for an American crowd and then when you take it in other, other places? Um, well, I actually haven't really done Europe as Wookiee. Mm-hmm. I went to, I had one show in France or in Paris and. That was it though. So hmm. I haven't played there yet, but Asia I did um, this year uh-huh. again for the first time uh, since the pandemic. What was uh, that like? It's awesome, man. It's dude. Uh, yeah, Thailand was incredible. I played a festival and like this awesome after party. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of the club, but it was awesome. It's like a big one. It was cool. Uh, they go hard in Asia. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's like uh, well, they still like. A lot of like, well, it's kind of, I mean, just going back to what's circular. Yeah. It's like, it, they kind of still like, like the hard techno stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that's actually what's coming back here. Like kind of, <laughs> true. like the Valentino Khan <laughs> type fast stuff. I mean, it's like, like, have you heard of, uh, uh, like I hate models uh-huh. and, yeah. um, nines, nines. nine by nine, yeah, I nine think is nine. how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't that, know. I mean, there's yeah, a thin line between that and like. Valentino or Keizo or even some of the shit I made mm-hmm. that like that fast kind of like stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. 140, 150 BPM, four on the floor. Yeah. Like it's not that much different. It's just like come back around. Mm. But what's funny is in Asia, that still goes off. So like guys, like we still get booked there. Like I'm, you know, I, I'm just, the trends have changed a little bit here. They're, like Asia tends to be like one or two years behind America. Mm-hmm. But house is kind of like, popping off now so like it's yeah. really coming in now so that's cool maybe y- the y- trends will start moving so fast that we'll all finally be on the same cycle Who <laughs> yeah. Knows? <laughs> yeah maybe yeah yeah is... finally <laughs> gotcha. but, you know we just have a lot more choice in the united states over like these like little sub pockets i think you know it's for better or worse i don't know mm-hmm. yeah it just is what it is it's just interesting yeah. i mean even within america you go to the south more dubstep pops off yeah Right. In the East Coast dubstep. And they seem better. like really committed to staying oh, yeah. in the base dubstep zone. Oh, yeah. Like house music is pretty small there. I mean, yeah. It's getting bigger, like because of like Chris Lake and Fishers and the John Summits of the world. Yeah. 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 But uh, dubstep is still just like, or just bass music, whatever you want to call it, is yeah. still like king in the South for sure. Yeah. It, it's, it's, like a, I think it's kind of like a lack of resources kind of with other regions where it's like they don't get a lot, but like there's maybe one thing will be really specialized. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's guys that like maybe don't tour. You don't see their names anymore, but they just crush in the South and mm-hmm. like, you know, the Bible. Belt, I always, you know? I, my theory is always like it's an experience based thing when it comes to that, because I'm like, it's hard when you don't have clubs in those cities, right? You don't have clubs where the house music thrives, right? It's like you go to a Miami where things are open until the mm. morning and the afternoon, and that's where house music thrives, right? Because mm. you're like, that's the experience people go for. But that doesn't exist in somewhere in Texas or, you know, something like that. So they're just kind of sticking to, like, the big festivals that do it really well, and yep. they do bass music well, mm. so... Yeah, I mean, some people, like, you know, if they're in South Carolina, they're like, oh, we never got it. I got to see Adventure Club once at you know, the House of Blues, you know, when they maybe come to our city. And yeah. So we, we do have in these, uh, us coastal elites, I think, are a little spoiled. <laughs> yeah. <in> the- <laughs> oh, well, oh, no. I, 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 yeah, I do think, like, East Coasters are, like, harder. Like, I grew up yeah, on you, the East Coast. Are you from New York? Uh, no, I grew, well, I grew up, in, I was born in Jersey, grew up in Pennsylvania. Okay. Mm. Lived in New York for a bit. Mm-hmm. Lived in D.C. for a bit, whatever. 
And um, East Coasters are just, like, rough around the edges. And that bleeds into, like, Midwest and South. It's, like, it's all the kind of the same. Yeah. yeah. Not, not the same, but, like... Same vibe. The, like, I mean, if you look at the population map of the United States, there's, like, a clear divide where, like, it's super uh, populated on the East side and then, like, it's not as populated on the West. And I, f- I think it, like... I really think there's, like, correlation to that. Like, everyone's just, like, chiller over here. <laughs> West and of the Mississippi. And then yeah. these people are, are just, like, rough around the edges. Yeah. Like... Yeah, well, that is a that is like one of the things that my East Coast friends always say when they like move out here and they've got like a particular sense of humor or yeah. like they bust your balls and then they're like, everyone in LA is so sensitive, man. They think I hate them. Yeah, and it's we're like soft. I'm just we we're just how we talk. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we're soft and relaxed people. Well, you, and I think that plays into the music. Yeah. I think it's yeah. everything. Definitely, it's just, it's just like it's it's a cultural thing, I guess. Well, but. you we Valerie and I came from the blog world, and so did you yeah. to some degree. So like. Your first breakthrough into the music industry was with a band. Yeah. And so tell us about like what the name of the band was, like how you formed and we're, yeah, all, all about that. So yeah, the band was called Inner Party System. If anybody wants to check it out, uh, mm-hmm. we're still on Spotify, all that stuff. Yeah, we still have some fans. I get DMs once in a while. Like, I've definitely when, downloaded your music. When, when are you guys coming back? But we, we're literally never coming back. It's never happening. It's confirmed. All right, make a clip of that. Yeah. We'll we'll post that one it, for sure. Yeah. Never. Sorry, Interparty System fans. It's never happening. No. Because it's just not worth it to us, any of us anymore. We're all like good friends, but like we'd have to like practice and stuff. Like we're not gonna do that. That was, yeah. that was a past yeah. era it's for you. So dude. what what phase of life or how oh, old were you when that oh, started? Yeah. I probably started when I was. It was like I just dropped out of college and. Uh, uh, Patrick, the lead singer, he would. They were in bands before in my hometown. There was like a crew of us that all played like uh together, and like it was kind of like a little music scene in Reading, Pennsylvania. Mm. Nice. So if if any like touring dudes are listening, they might know a place called the Silo. It was like okay. one mm. place people used to come, and that's in Reading. Yeah, Reading, okay. Pennsylvania. Cool. That's where I grew up. <laughs> For the heads. <laughs> yeah, Reading. <laughs> what's up? And anyway, uh. Basically, like, these guys that I always thought were, like, really good musicians, and I jammed with them a few times, and they wanted to start a, a new band that was, like, half electronic, half rock, mm-hmm. and they knew I would, like, make beats and stuff, so they asked me mm. to join. And Patrick, the lead singer, is also a really good beat maker, and he still does it, actually. Oh, he, nice. He does a lot of stuff. And Jared. Uh, all of them, actually. And uh, so, yeah, joined the band. We, you know, I really liked the music that Patrick had written, so I kind of just like you know picked up everything i went and like moved in with him and we started making a bunch of music we put it on myspace hell yeah and we kind of blew yes. up off of myspace not yep. blew up but like we had one song get big and then dude back then like labels if you put your number on myspace labels yep. would just call you yep yeah and we were just talking yeah. to bright lights about this and a lot of other people from the era yeah it was a huge a tool yeah. 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 yeah 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 so that's how you got your 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 first yeah, break. so we yeah basically we got signed to Island Def Jam because of that. Nice because um, of MySpace. Yeah, incredible. I love it. And um, first it was a subsidiary, like a basically just a sub label that yeah. was like indie. Yeah, and then we did that. It was an upstreaming deal, so we got the upstream. If you know what that means, they give you like a huge advance mm-hmm. and like we're gonna make you the next killers. Basically, <laughs> that's what they told us. Well, basically. so was your sound like it was more electro? Yeah, it was. Rock. A, it was more like songwriting. Like songs, it was uh, honestly, it's kind of like the 1975. Oh, okay. But they're like a really good version of us. <laughs> they're they, they they're perfected like, the model. They're so good. And well, like, but but that was the charm of yeah. the music of that of that era is that it wasn't perfected. It was kind of yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Like our first EP sounds like shit. Yeah. Um, like because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing making beats, and uh, <laughs> it's fine, whatever. But the songwriting was good, and. uh but yeah, that was my life for like six, seven years. It was actually around the same time that like uh, like Justice kind of started popping off right mm. at the same time as us. Uh-huh. And we loved them. We were like, we all want to be like Justice. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we, without realizing it, we were like a different thing. Like we should have just gone with like the songwriting route. Yeah. But um, did you say you toured with you toured with some other like similar bands in the, yeah. the, the, the scene? Yeah, we toured with Pendulum. Pendulum. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, we toured with uh, 
like the presets. Do you remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The uh, presets open for Daft Punk uh, yeah. in Australia, but okay. the presets were sick. They yeah, were no, like, they're yeah. sick as fuck. Yeah. They are great. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Um, we did a bunch of stuff. I mean, we we actually did pretty well in the UK. Yeah. So we would go to the UK a bunch, and um, yeah. I mean, long story short, that was my life for like six years, and then we would we would like we were kind of in the electronic scene. Like we did some remixes. I got on like the blog house. You were based things. in New York at the time. Uh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. During then, I was living there. So and that was like the heyday of like the electro clash. Totally. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. We would go to shit tons of parties and like. I, I actually, that's where I met AC Slater back then. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, Drop the Lime. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. AC yeah. Slater, Drop the Lime, and uh, that whole crew. Yeah, Trouble and Bass. Trouble, yeah. Trouble and Bass. Trouble and Bass. Yeah. They had this, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think they had a side project called Machines Don't Lie. There's mm. just like a lot of good stuff. Um, Para One. Whoa. Having like flashbacks. Yeah, right? just like, <laughs> these are names. Uh, well, because there was a. Um, Coachella 2009, it was like Drop the Lime, Cirkin, Para One. Yeah. They like all opened. Yeah. And I remember that was the first time I got to see like those guys because you'd just see their names in like the New York scene. They were in the right. LA guys. So, so yeah. it kind of sounds like the early start of the band, did you feel like you guys got thrown into it really fast? Because it feels like you kind of, and the way you describe it, it sounds like you just started making music and then very quickly were picked up and were like thrown on tour kind of yeah i mean i mean we were like doing like local shows for like a year before it actually happened Mm -hmm. but i mean in retrospect it was fast yeah a year's fast i mean it was a it was a big record deal that we got like that was like an old school advance (laughs) yeah it was like what the fuck (laughs) like it's happening (laughs) i remember uh, our manager saying like this is probably one of the last like deals like this that'll ever be done like everything's changing (laughs) interesting yeah Yeah. wow well myspace was like the last bastion of like before it went purely to i feel like social yeah yeah and like streaming and everything Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so what was that like for you guys you know if you think back to the after the post year after the deal Besides the excitement of actually doing it and yeah. getting the deal, what was it like for you guys? I mean, it was that I that was like some of the best times of my life for sure. Like yeah. those guys are like my brothers, and actually uh, Jesse, the one guy that was in the band, was there last night at Hard. He, oh really? Aww. Yeah, he. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, he he does. Uh, so he actually does backline for Flume. Oh, oh cool. sick! Yeah, and sick. and Mahid Jordan, okay. Maja Jordan, however yeah. you say it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, his name's Jesse. Shout out my boy Jesse. I saw him last night. <laughs> Yo, shout out Jesse. Thanks for coming through. And you guys were fully on tour as a band. <laughs> yeah, he was in the band, and um, uh, yeah, I mean it was so fun. We did we tour. We did a bunch of UK tours. We did Australia once, and yeah, I was like twenty one, twenty two. So it was super fun. <laughs> Touring as a band is so different. Oh my right? god. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, it, we didn't like make shit for money touring because we'd have to, you know, s- there was no money in touring. We'd actually get tour support. That's what the label did. They would mm. give, give us tour support to like go do tours. And um, yeah, we'd have to tour in a van and trailer, no flights. So it was rough, dude. That's... Struggling. But you got to do the experience. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, it was some of the best times of my life. I did Warp Tour twice. Oh, sick. I think, actually. So cool. So what was that yeah. like? You know, because a lot of people reminisce about that so heavy. Uh, It was actually hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like Tell the best. It, people say it's the best and worst time of your life. Yeah. yeah. Like, it fucking sucks, dude. Because you'd have, I mean, being in a band, you got to load in your shit, right? So yeah. you'd have to load in like half a mile the stage sometimes oh my God. or something ridiculous and then uh yeah and then you're sharing a bus a bus for months with dudes like bus tours are not <laughs> nice dude like not yeah. glamorous and they, everyone they, like gains weight and like yeah, <laughs> like comes back just, just like drunk haggard. all the time I assume. yeah drunk all oh, the time yeah. And, yeah. but it, it is a lot of fun for sure mm-hmm. yeah and you meet tons of people i mean that's the other thing i met a lot of people in those years too that have kind of helped me into this uh like actually skrillex is one of them sunny um so like towards the end of inner party system skrillex was blowing up okay and, and actually sunny's old band opened for us oh really Whoa. for first to last N- not, not from first to no, last no his older band he had one in between that uh, and oh wow and skrillex. oh it was, okay yeah it was like i, I think he was 
I'm not sure. It was like I forget exactly what it's called. So like Sunny Super fans will know what it's called. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like insert, it's a, insert here. Please yeah. insert in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> and um it was like him and like four other guys, and it was like kind of like electronic and like kind of like toolish. It was mm. pretty cool. Interesting. But he was learning Ableton at the time. Uh-huh. And I remember seeing him like backstage and stuff, just always on his computer. <laughs> and back then I was like uh, he kind of was like he wasn't like he wasn't as good of a producer back then, but he like you could tell he like he was still had that like in drive and it was inspiring to see and it like made me want to like produce more too, just seeing him like that. Yeah. And um Yeah. But basically basically I watched his whole fucking career explode. Yeah. Um I saw him I knew him then and then he started Skrillex. I remember seeing him in LA at some point and talking him and he was he was like, I'm gonna start a label. He was talking about Ausla, I think. And um then like literally like six months later, like I think Dead Mouse picked up his EP. Is that is that how he blew up? Like right yeah. on Scary Monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice sprites, yeah. And then yeah, and then he blew the fuck up and uh You're like, that guy opened for me. <laughs> well and then I saw yeah, and then a couple years later, uh he was already huge. He started Ausla. And then I the band broke up and I wanted to keep doing electronic music and I still had Sonny's number. So mm-hmm. I actually sent him the EP. It's called the Framework EP and it came out on Nest. Mm. Uh, wow. And that was like one of the first releases as Wookie. That I remember so, that I remember that's the a great story. I do remember yeah. that EP on, <laughs> on Nest. Shout out Nest HQ for Wow. Yeah. That was a great time. Mm-hmm. So this is about like what are we saying, like twenty fifteen ish, twenty yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, 20, yeah. Yeah. Out, so a lot of people, now if you listen to this podcast, you're probably going to hear me say this <laughs> every week. <laughs> oh, no. But a lot of people really reminisce about that particular era oh, in yeah. the mid-2010s. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Because a lot of people feel like that height of SoundCloud and the last bastion of blogs really felt like a unhindered kind of creative time where like mm-hmm. things could just get picked up. Like you had a collective, you had a label, it could just blow up. You know, totally. And not saying that 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 can't happen again, but Brian's Lemonade came up through then, and a lot of other promoters and a lot of other artists and independent things came from that. We were just talking about it yesterday because we did the five year Alzla anniversary uh, with Sonny at oh. like Le Jardin in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. It was, this year? Or? This was uh, in 2016. Oh, oh in 2016. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was a... yeah, yeah. If we did it this year, I think uh, you probably would have been there. People, I think people would have uh, showed up, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, we were just thinking about how crazy it was, you know, it was like sunny, it was just like 500 kids just like right there. It was sunny and yeah. what's so not and Bauer and uh, Valentina. Yeah. Uh, actually, that makes me think of, I, you remember the Hausla yeah, yeah. Uh, compilation? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I went to that party and that was like. The warehouse party? Yeah. It was like Chris Lake, yep. uh, Sunny. Gary Richards. Yeah. It's uh, a very strange Miha. venue. I remember yeah, that. You were there. Were you there? <laughs> I was there. We were all there. We were all there. I love it how all three event. of us were at that. But it was cool. It was almost like a... Like a it was very underground. Very LA underground. That was like an yeah. art space. Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. That's an art space yeah. that I had actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had actually been there before. Yeah. Um, but uh, someone's getting paged. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean like... What, what was the... Oh, so the, I think that the... The, the difference was that like Skrillex was there at this party in 2016 and you're just not going to get that access anymore. Mm-hmm. I just think that, I just don't know if we, like I know people are doing the pop-up thing now, but there was just something about that time where it just felt like we could do things like the Hausla mm-hmm. release party. I just don't think you could do that as much anymore, you know? That's interesting because I actually think you can, but I feel like people don't yeah, yeah. for some reason. Well, or it you, feels different. You need like the, that's what it the is. artist behind it. I mean, Sonny was kind of like spearheading all that and that's right. what made it so. And there was like a say. real excitement around yeah. that. And it's interesting, right? Because it's like you think about, okay, who's the somewhat equivalent of the era currently? And we think of someone maybe like a Fisher or a John Summit or something like that. Yeah. And there are moments where they're, they're artists like that are doing kind of like special experiences for their fans, but it feels different, right? It feels sh- a little. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. should think like Knock to an ISO are those guys yeah. right now. Yeah. They, those guys are fucking like it's their moment they're fucking yeah awesome that whole crew yeah, yeah and rem, rem k is dope as fuck dude. oh yeah the the san diego kids i mean we yeah. we threw a party in a in an underground tunnel system in san diego with isoxo you know it's like mm-hmm. there are those pop-up things those renegades but i like you're saying it's just something about like but well, there's the time and place where it just it felt a little different mm. 
then. And maybe it's just because that was like that era and it could just not be replicated again. Yeah. But like you could do the same thing and it won't feel the same way. Right. Sure. But yeah. I think that I think there, it just feels a little different. It just feels a little different, but maybe that's our bias. Yeah. They were I just think getting so. you know, maybe that's our I bias. Think so. <laughs> I mean, we were having a bit of a conversation before we started recording about, you know, the value of a normie fan. And I say that <laughs> in the most loving of terms. Like yeah. a normie fan is, you know, just someone who is just genuinely a casual fan and they show up and they just they buy the tickets they're coming all the time and there's something really valuable about those people you know right, right. i think they still exist just in a different form now yeah. I, I was yeah. saying like it, it, people that are like in the music industry are sometimes we sometimes we get so obsessed with music and yeah. like our life is music that we forget for a lot of other people it's just kind of music's more just like a passing thing for them mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they like it and they love it and they always use it when they work out and everything, but it's not something that like consumes their brain all day. Mm-hmm. Totally, like totally. For me, that like I literally like don't stop thinking about music, kind of. Yeah. So like I have to remind myself that like there's just kind of like those base. I, I don't want to say basic or normie. No, it's just it like every, it's just everyday people. casual, yeah. Yeah. Or like, casual, casual fans. or any fan that isn't just like. I, I don't know, like obsessed with music too. They just like it, you know. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> that's I what mean, like TikTok has kind of helped with. Oh, no, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I I think that um, like I've always thought about music, uh, and following music and being aware of like the artists and the labels and the, all this stuff, is like following sports. You know, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. could just have it on, and you're like, oh, I know who Patrick Mahomes is. I watch football every now and then, but you don't have a fantasy league or you don't follow one team intently. But we're the people who are like diehards. We like know every player on the team and we, like, we watch every game. And like that's the music equivalent. You know, not everyone needs to have that level of investment to enjoy it. Mm. And I also think that by knowing too much, sometimes it can actually take away from the experience. Because sometimes mm. I wish I didn't look at something and then think like, oh, I wonder like the production budget on this. Or like, I wonder how <laughs> this person talked to who to get. The, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you started seeing it from this other. You, you almost can't put the blinders back on, you know. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way. No, yeah, but. sometimes. Or, or if you like overanalyze a track. But uh, I feel do, you, like I, do you see music that way? Or do you listen um, to music sometimes that way? And like a, a an analytical kind of. I've kind of maybe let go. I've maybe used to be more like that. Like, eh, I don't like that kick. But like, <laughs> I think now, <laughs> now I don't. Uh, I think I've kind of let go of it. I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. I, have, I I was thinking about a question earlier when we were talking about your music and production because I was thinking about if I put myself in the shoes of maybe like a younger producer who like looks up to you and like looks at the music and the videos and all the production experimentation that you're doing, how do you decide between, you know, the contrarian in me wants to be like, okay, sometimes doing an edit almost feels like the easy thing to do, right? Because it's like the fun music that already kind of exists and to like put a new version out there. It's almost like going to be a crowd pleaser in in one perspective. Mm. How do you like balance that feeling when you're like, okay, is it, the right time to do that versus like make your own music like it's kind of a yeah i mean yeah. it is kind of, there is i mean there's definitely something to be said about making like completely original music from scratch mm-hmm. it does well a it's like you're gonna own all the pub you're gonna own all like if and you can put it out for real with no hassle and like you can own everything on it and if it blows up like and it's all yours that's yeah that's better mm-hmm. it's all original but uh i don't know it those are like doing bootlegs and remixes and edits. Uh, they might have like a different benefit than just that. Uh, like a benefit could be, you know, every DJ wants to play it. Like if you mm-hmm. if you make something that goes off in the club, doesn't matter who made it, what it's made of, or whatever, DJs will play it. Yeah, right. Like that is the one. Like there's no discrimination at all. As does it crush on the dance floor? That's the only thing that matters, Does right? it make people dance, yeah. Yeah. So it could be anything in it, and if it's new and unique and fresh, people are going to play it. Mm. And that, can, you could have a lot of benefit with that, too. It doesn't matter if it comes out for real or whatever. Like, uh, one example is my da-da-da-da-da edit. Yeah. that Literally every DJ in the world played that, but I never put it out for real. Mm. But, like, everyone played it, and it, like, it did help me a lot. And... uh. I didn't really make any money off it per se, but I probably got shows. Yeah. I probably got 
stuff like that. Well, see, th- yeah, that's like a really important thing to take note of if people are aspiring artists right now and they're like listening to this. Because a lot of people ask me like, you know, how do I break in? How do I start mm. booking shows? How do I get people to like fuck with me and stuff? And I'm like, dude, you gotta just get people to play your music. Like, mm. I, it it's not even like, cause people are like, oh, my streaming numbers are good. Yeah. I'm putting out this much content per week. And I'm like, it's not like these rigid things, mm. you know, like, like I think numbers only go so far. Right. Because when you see another, another like, genres of music like people can have like four million monthly listeners but they can't get 300 people in a room right you know mm-hmm. but in dance music you could have like six hundred thousand right. uh monthly listeners and sell out the palladium totally mm-hmm. so the main thing is getting your music in dj's sets and mm-hmm. i think you can attest to that no a hundred percent that's like yeah make stuff that djs want to play and you'll get bigger for sure and yeah. get more recognition and probably shows mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. it's a really interesting yeah. like kind that of is period. no it's a good perspective it's a good thing to yeah. keep in mind because i feel like that's the conversation that i see nowadays right is like i mean chad and i have talked about it a lot of as far as like the sample trend right now i mm-hmm. feel like it's, re- it's really hitting its peak mm-hmm. and so there's i and as a observer of producers i always think about like mm-hmm. How do you how do you think about what you're doing there? But that makes well, total sense. And it's also the essence of dance music too. Of course, Daft yeah, Punk yeah. was all samples. Yep. yep. And so it's still kind of like staying true to the essence of like dance music. I mean, yeah. It's kind it's like uh it's actually kind of like hip hop in a way. It's like mm-hmm. it kind kind of came around the same time like electronic sample based and like uh I don't know like kind of worrying about the sample later just like doing it yeah <laughs> like back then <laughs> we'll yeah. make it work later yeah. yeah yeah um there's obviously some cases where that was more difficult than others but for you i think it's interesting because you know more recently you've had these amazing releases that have the full label backing of like you know edge of 17 and yeah. stuff like that so tell us about like what it's like to work with music from that catalog mm. that has that much history and stuff behind it yeah i mean i guess it so i now, because actually, because of these uh, like Instagram and TikTok videos, I've gotten to like kind of a point in my career where I can like be, like basically my label deal like they want to clear stuff for me. That's like because I saw like a lot of the viral videos, so mm-hmm. they want to like yeah, like we can make some of these work. Yeah, we have access to these whatever you need um, to get stuff cleared, which it takes a lot to get stuff cleared. Like you could either do. You actually clear the sample, like the actual recording, or you could do something that's uh, called a replay, mm-hmm. where you actually get someone to re-sing the vocal or replay the parts or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you just, I, I forget what it is, but you don't get the pub on that or something. You just get the master or something. <laughs> something, something. <laughs> I, I'm not the uh, industry expert, honestly. I I I know what it is, but I just don't under, know the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. The nuts and bolts. Totally. Yeah. And, uh... Basically, but now that I'm at a point, like, I could kind of, like, before I do a bootleg or if I have an idea, I could actually hit up some people and be like, yo, you think we could clear this? And they're like, yeah, I think we could. Yeah. And so now, uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. I could, like, I mean, I still try to just do stuff that I like to do anyway, Mm -hmm. but they also send me, like, playlists where they're like, hey, you could use any of these tracks if you want. And I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really cool place I'm in right now. Yeah. Um, it's good for the labels because, like, I, I saw recently that, um, yeah, some of the major oh, yeah. labels. Are... I just make them more money. They love me. <laughs> are this back catalog that will <laughs> yeah. never go anywhere ever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I wanted to talk about, obviously, the song you have coming out on uh, September 1st. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's in the same vein. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, my next single is going to be. Um, it's basically is a sample of My Girl by The Temptations. Wow. Mm. And uh was that part of the playlist that they gave you? I don't think it was actually. Okay. I just wanted to do that. This one. has been in cool. your repertoire for a while. Yeah, yeah. I made the bootleg like a year ago. I posted it as a beat I can't release. Yeah. But um But now Here it's we are. not gonna be actually <laughs> but released. Yeah, we're gonna release it soon. <laughs> uh also if you've listened to the Brian's Eliminated Ten for Ten mix, it was Oh, there. I put it in there. Yeah, oh yeah. shit. I love that one. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah um, yeah it's coming out next month Uh, it's starting to get good support already which is awesome Uh, it's yeah it's just a feel good I think I remixed it really cool it's super simple Mm. I just like I mean you 
if you go check on Fisher's Instagram, you could hear it actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he played that one out. Yeah. yeah. Not only did he's been playing it out, but he posted a video of it, which is like huge, nice. man. Nice. Yeah. The Fisher effect is real. Like everyone's like <laughs> the ID 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 question mark. Yeah, effect. for sure. And I think that yeah. also it's like not just like the super overt like samples or songs that everyone knows. Like obviously, you know, if you were to put out a Barbie Girl edit right now, I'm sure it's <laughs> right. like very on the nose, but. The like the temptation song, and then also I saw Noizu and he played as like Smokey Robinson, right? Um, Ooh, baby, baby, and it's just like such a vibe because like mm. everyone's heard that song, even yeah. if they don't even know who it's by, mm. and it's just like there's just like such a good feeling, you know. I like, love like, sampling old music because yeah. it, it kind of sounds like pretty cool and trippy in the context of electronic music, like yeah. adding like verbs and like making it sound like big and trippy. It's mm. cool. I actually think it's a really cool juxtaposition. Yeah, um, that's great. So it's coming out and beats we can actually release. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited about this one. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, yeah. Good summer tune for sure. Yeah, uh, get the DJs to play it. They yeah, already are. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's cool to see the evolution. I mean, for someone like you're saying, you've been you've been around now for for quite a while in this music industry and just this like evolution. Now you've kind of gone in this new direction, and a lot of it came from the pandemic, which kind of seemed like a net positive for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely tough for a few years. I mean, I, I moved back to Denver because of it. Um, didn't necessarily want to leave LA, but it just made sense. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, the beats I can't release have been a, definitely a net positive. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, it, to me, this is just house is like, the glue that holds dance music get together. Like I've, I've always made house and, uh, I just, I could see a lot of potential in like what I do, like with the, the remixing and like making into house music and getting like other DJs to play Like we were just saying. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It makes sense for me to go in this direction right now. And, uh, I'm, you know, I still, I might make a hip hop EP in a year or something. And whatever. There's no we'll rules. There's no rules. Because <laughs> I'm actually sitting on a bunch of hip hop shit that Ooh. I would still really like. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a part of your the fabric of like you know your whole career uh, as Wookie. Um, but we've been talking to some people, like including Chrome Bodies, they're saying that like right now is just a time to just like not take yourself so seriously and mm. just kind of have fun. Yeah. You know, is that something that resonates with you? For sure. Yeah. I mean, look at my whole. <laughs> like like, like everything <laughs> yeah. look at it all <laughs> yeah i don't know i i just like we said just have fun with it and whatever that means to you i mean it, it it's fine if you want to be serious but if that's fun to you and that's what you want to do well go for it yeah and you know just have fun along the way too. That's i mean i, I think say. it's a great example too because mm -hmm. i feel like as an artist i think we've had a couple conversations and heard from people that like it can be scary to deviate what from what people eventually come to expect from you, like mm -hmm. the first music you start putting out there and all that stuff. But it seems like, and, you know, tell us about your experience with your fans. Like they're just kind of down for everything that you're putting out there, right? Like the fun stuff, the totally. serious stuff, the house stuff, right? Yeah. 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 I think, I think people just are starting to resonate with just like the, like, yeah, like no boundaries and just kind of like doing some silly shit too. Like my <laughs> people are act pretty, Funny at my shows, I wear funny stuff sometimes. <laughs> well, I, that, do they? I, I, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I want to hear more about that. Because yeah, you did a Beats shows. I Can't Release tour, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for the most part, right? And it was last year. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure a lot of the people came from. Yeah, some the, people wear like Mario outfits and. Uh, like, <laughs> They're like, I want to hear like, that Beats. Like animal outfits and stuff. That's so and I bring, a, I bring a bunch of inflatable horses. <laughs> That's oh so, my God, yeah. amazing. So, and yeah. just different inflatables and stuff. Yeah, there's like a great photo <laughs> of uh, of Wookie DJing at a Time Nightclub. Oh, that yeah. He was on the lemon slice inflatable in the crowd. Oh my that's, god, that's the best photo of me ever. It's that <laughs> brownies <laughs> lemonade like party. The best one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so did you? Do you feel like when you go to the shows? I, and maybe it, it doesn't really. Um, you don't see it this way. I I kind of see it this way, but like where you look out in the crowd and you're like, oh yeah, they definitely came from TikTok. Mm. Or they definitely came. Do you see that sometimes? I could, yeah. If they come up and like say hi after, sometimes I could kind of tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in what way? Like as in they don't know anything about your other music, sort of thing. Yeah, maybe they're okay. not like huge 
dance. They're not like ravers. They're just fans of you. Yeah, maybe. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like a really interesting yeah. pipeline as a fan too. Totally. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. That's well, because I, I noticed it after the pandemic, there's a bunch of beautiful girls that are coming to the shows now. I was like, what? When did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's like usually dudes. Actually, some kids have been fans too. Like, uh, like actual kids? Yeah, like oh children, God. like 12 year olds. Like, I think the, um, I think the, I played a couple shows with two friends. Yeah. In, I think they were all ages, some of them. Oh and yeah, some of them were like big Wookiee fans. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. Because if you think about it, they, I mean, they're probably flipping through TikTok. They're too, on TikTok they for it. sure, yeah. listening to your Nintendo flips and beats. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember seeing a security guard somewhere i forget where it's maybe happened once or twice where like hey my daughter loves you can i get a picture with you oh that's awesome precious <laughs> yeah. i love uh, that so that's yeah great. i mean that's totally hey, cool with me for life, yeah, honestly, yeah, you know, yeah, ticket buyer awesome. for life i would say yeah. <laughs> well you could take it from yeah. from someone like you to utilize the tools that you have now to open yourself up to like this whole you know kind of new new audience new world yeah. out there yeah. yeah you don't really get to pick your fans they kind of pick you so do you think there's kind of like an unnecessary kind of either like kind of like pushback against TikTok or short form being such an important component of musicians' careers right now? Yeah, some people definitely, it, it, I mean, at its worst, it could be pretty frustrating, I think, for sure. Like, uh, and yeah, I don't know how to put it. I mean, it's, I guess it's like uh, a necessary evil mm. and you just have to learn how to make, have fun with it and like not worry if it doesn't blow up like mm. that that's another thing about music is like sometimes people get like too like up and coming producers are like get too obsessed with like one song or one release and it's like just move on to the next one maybe that'll work better you know or just try a different idea yeah and i think most people just like overthink it and like get in, inside their own heads and like then they kind of like hate on it mm. or like it could be anything dude like like I think if I was a social media manager, I would just tell people to like put your phone up and just like look and like mouth the lyrics or just like dance, like just sit there <laughs> and like, silly a, thing, yeah, right? don't even make a caption. You don't have to make a caption. Like, I don't care. Just do anything. Just start doing it. Yeah. Cause you never know what could like pop off. And yeah, I mean, it, I get it. There's pushback, but I don't know. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, if it, you love your music and you want, you could. I mean, it, you don't have to do it either. There are ways to blow up outside of social media. Like, you yeah. don't have to play the game of that way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I do see some artists. I don't know if you see the same thing, Val, but mm -hmm. I, I do see some artists, and I've talked to them, who begrudgingly are playing that game where mm -hmm. it feels like you see the you see the Instagram reel and you're like, this is a manager mandated Oh my gosh, post. yeah. Right, like, are yeah, you being yeah, held yeah. by gunpoint to film this? Like, yeah. how are we doing this, you know? No, I agree. And I, I mean, I feel like the the resounding lesson there is just do what's authentic to you, right? Yeah. Like, if yeah. you're not the kind of person that's doing fun flips and beats, like, don't try and do that, right? Like, do whatever feels right to you as an artist or a person. And yeah. what you did was right to you and it spawned a million copycats, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no. an audience out there for And you were just like, I just you know? did yeah. two, I just did two shots. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> reverse shot. Rever <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, so you you don't even you didn't even know what was gonna work for you, you know? No, not really. Yeah. Like I said, if you look back like on my accounts, I was pl just playing around with other shit, just with just the computer like the phone pointed at my computer screen or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, you just gotta do if you want to, <laughs> if you want, if it. you want to use this tool that could reach millions and millions of people, yeah, yeah, and it's get your there. music heard, you can learn to use it, and you probably should. Yeah, basically. yeah. Gen Z's stupid too. They're not like amazing at it either. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just like a little less afraid of being cringe. Yeah, what I think it is. Like we're just terrified of being cringe. So the NPC, the NPC. <laughs> Our uh, generation stream. was like traumatized by like you post something on the internet, it's there forever. I still have that in my head. Like mm. every time I post anything, you know. Whereas Gen Z's like, oh whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm. Wait, I thought stuff. it was the opposite. We would upload like fifty photos like from an Olympus camera, and everyone had red eyes with a fucking cup in their hand. <laughs> and, like that is up there. That's why I deleted. That was us rebelling. I, that was us rebelling. And that's why we had deleted 
deleted all of them because we were like, you oh were tagged God. in those photos, Val. <laughs> mm, I, <guess. laughs> I definitely was, definitely. Uh, but yo, uh, thank you so much for coming in and like, tell us what you got coming up. Uh, obviously, the the release on nine nine one. Uh, yeah, of course. So yeah, I have a new song coming out uh, September first. My girl, actually, it's called Sunshine. Parentheses, my girl. There you go. <laughs> we had to change the name. That's good. But uh, yeah. Coming out soon. I'm, I'll check all my socials. I'll I'm have sure it. Sure, you'll hear it. If yeah, you're yeah, listening yeah. now, I'm sure you'll hear it. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> honestly, like if you follow me on socials, everything's gonna be there. Uh, playing a couple festivals the rest of the year, like um, uh, Breakaway and uh, what's the one in Chicago? North Coast. Mm. Cool. And then um, I think a couple other, like one or two more. I'm going to Hawaii. I know, which is wow. sweet. I love that for you. Um, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're going to be a breakaway in uh, San Francisco, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So you'll see him uh, Brian's Lemonade stage. There you go. We're yep. getting the getting the band back together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not his not the old band he was in, but like the Yeah, that one's confirmed not getting yeah. back together. <laughs> Don't forget. Team Band L. Uh, yeah, well, thanks so much for coming in. Of course, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. It wasn't so bad, right? That was great.